Hello, everyone, and welcome to Culture of Health, a podcast about health equity issues. On this podcast, we will talk with healthcare professionals about the issues you care about and hear stories of compassion to help you navigate the world of healthcare with dignity, care, and humanity. I'm your host, Scott Acord. With me today are Dr. Nwando Anioku, Chief Health Equity and Clinical Innovation Officer for Providence. We also have Dr. Richard Allen Williams, founder of the Association of Black Cardiologists. Currently, he is the Clinical Professor of Medicine at the UCLA School of Medicine, where he has been a faculty member for 46 years. He received an AB degree with honors from Harvard as a pre-med student and was the first Black person from the state of Delaware to attend Harvard Mitt's history. He also performed a cardiology fellowship at Brigham and Williams Hospital and Harvard Medical School as their first Black postgraduate trainee in any field. He received a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2004 for opening the school up to admitting and training Blacks authored a 900-page textbook of Black-related diseases in 1975 and Blacks in Medicine in 2020. Both books are in the archives of the Smithsonian African American Museum of Culture and History. And recently, he received the U.S. Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award and Gold Medal from President Biden in recognition of a half-century of accomplishments in reducing health care disparities and increasing health equities. I'm excited for today's conversation because we get a chance to celebrate some of your contemporaries who are doing some amazing things in medicine. We have a lot of people to talk about today, so let's just jump into the conversation. Dr. Yanayoku, uh, I will start with you. Who is somebody that you look to as a contemporary you see as breaking ground or inspires you? There are just so many people that inspire me. I don't, the ones that come to mind, I, I, I guess I would call them contemporary because they're still here with us, um, not because um, I feel that they're my contemporaries. I think about um, Dr. David Satcher, who um, has made such a great impact in medicine and public health in the United States. He was a Surgeon General, and forgive me, I don't remember what number <laughs> it was, but um, really grounded us in thinking about equity and you know how different populations experience healthcare. Started um, the, the Center for Health Equity, I believe, at Morehouse uh, Morehouse Medical School, and is grooming future generations of physicians to to think in that way, right? Because you know a lot of doctors think about healthcare as being equal, that we need, we treat everybody equally. And really the message of equity is that everybody doesn't need the same care. Everyone is coming to you uh, from a different place. And so equity requires that you deliver care to patients in the way that they need, that will be experienced and beneficial to them. And that's particularly important when you think about minority populations. So Dr. Satcher stands as a giant in that space for me in today's world. Uh, Dr. Williams, is there somebody who stands out for you today? I'd like to begin with uh, Dr. Ted Love. And uh, I don't know how many people know who he is, but I think everybody should know who he is. Ted Love is a uh, card-carrying cardiologist uh, but also a uh, very skilled um, 
scientist who uh, has worked um, in the domain of sickle cell disease and has been responsible for developing a, a very effective treatment for sickle cell disease, a drug called Oxbrita. I don't know whether we're permitted to give brand names here, but in any event, uh, that's one of the developments that he has come through with his company uh, that he owned and ran called Global Blood Therapeutics, GBT, which uh, has been acquired by Pfizer Pharmaceuticals uh, in October. In any event, Dr. Love uh, has uh, pursued uh, his medical science against great obstacles, as many black uh, uh, scientists and physicians have experienced and has been very successful in doing so uh, in a number of genres. Uh, he has very specifically, very importantly, been extremely uh, helpful to many organizations uh, that are attempting to move the needle in healthcare, uh, in health equity, and uh, to eliminate healthcare disparities, and especially in the sickle cell space. I can't go into exquisite details about what he has done, but uh, I want to cite him as a genuine hero uh, on the contemporary scene and uh, make sure that everybody recognizes who Dr. Ted Love is. You know, uh, Dr. Anyoko mentioned Dr. David Satcher, uh, who is a contemporary of mine. We worked together at uh, Martin Luther King Hospital in Watts back in the uh, early 70s. And uh, when I became director of the King Drew Sickle Cell Center uh, at that time, uh, Dr. Uh, Satcher and I worked together on sickle cell patients. So uh, thoroughly, thoroughly familiar with uh, many of his accomplishments and he's been a lifelong friend and colleague. Uh, and uh, he certainly uh, needs to be mentioned in the sickle cell uh, space along with Dr. Ted Love, which is an extremely important area for us to explore regarding African-American health. Absolutely. You know, when we think about these giants, I mean, Dr. Love is so impressive in the space that he's carved out, you know, by, by, by dint of sheer brilliance and hard work. Um, because this is disease that is, you know, that, that exists in this community. And, and you know, it, it, it always shines a bright light to me how important it is to have that representation of people who will, because it's part of their lived experience and because they can see it and it's real to, to them, um, will we'll put whatever it takes on the line um, to, to make those breakthroughs in that space. And I'm, I, I always want to call out and celebrate um, people who are uh, making those strides. I, another one that I'd love to mention who is, I guess she's in the bridge between contemporary and, and young physician is um, Dr. Amaka Enanya. 
um, who is currently the Chief Transformation Officer at Emory University. She is a nephrologist by training and was uh, part of the faculty at um, University of Pennsylvania, where her research led to the work, her research and advocacy led to the work that, uh, um, that reversed the use of race in the EGFR calculation um, that assesses kidney function. I mean, for years that, that calculus had race as a factor in such a way that it would make the assessment of kidney function in black people seem like it was better than it was. And as a result of that, they got to care and to transplants later than their white counterparts and therefore had poorer outcomes. And so this research and this work that, that was done by Dr. Enanya and her, and her colleagues allowed us to see that this, you know, to, that this was actually creating harm um, to, to black patients and has caused nationwide, right, a reversal of using race as a factor in that and other clinical calculations. When we talk about inequities and people often get defensive because they think that you're talking about them making a personal decision to discriminate against somebody. And that is sometimes true, but this calculation and others like it show how it is baked into the pie. People who were using the calculation, using race as a factor, didn't go in intending to, to cause harm. And yet this is what the result was. And it needed that representation, that unique eye to say, we should look at this again and see how it's creating harm and take that out. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of powerful work like this happening today for which I'm incredibly grateful. I certainly agree, agree Dr. Anyuku. Uh, I'd like to make sure that everybody understands uh, what she is referring to in regards to the use of uh, racial algorithms or algorithms which incorporate race as a uh, metric in determining uh, whether or not uh, individuals need a certain type of treatment or approach uh, to the disease and particularly patients who have what we call CKD or chronic kidney disease or end-stage renal disease. I, I don't want to become too detailed about that, but uh, uh, she is absolutely correct in regards to the fact that those metrics, uh, which were intended to be beneficial in the first place, using the Krokoff uh, formula in calculating, uh, but uh, turned out to be detrimental in regards to delaying treatment, uh, representing the EGFR or the, and, uh, the estimated glomerular filtration rate as being something that is better uh, in patients who actually were uh, worse in regards to their renal condition. I'd just like uh, very quickly to mention a couple of other people in the sickle cell space that should be recognized. And I'm sure that Dr. Anyuko is familiar with them uh, uh, because they're both pediatricians. One is Dr. Charles Witten, uh, who is a, a pediatrician and uh, uh, chairman and uh, originator of the Sickle Cell Disease uh, Foundation of America in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he's passed away now, but he was very, very important in bringing recognition 
to this disease in the United States. Uh, he's actually what I call a homeboy because he and I were both from Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, and many years ago we received a joint honor in Wilmington for our accomplishments uh, in uh, in medicine, uh, especially regarding uh, black people. The other person is uh, Dr. Marilyn Hughes Gaston, uh, who was a uh, an assistant surgeon general of the United States. And uh, she's uh, actually still uh, in the fray, so to speak, in trying to move the needle in health equity. But specifically, she was the person who came up with the idea of using prophylactic antibiotics in treating newborns, neonates, uh, who had uh, sickle cell anemia. Uh, and uh, because of the fact that uh, many of them uh, de would develop pneumonia and die, uh, but when they were treated uh, prophylactically with antibiotics, many were saved. And so her uh, research and work led to the saving of hundreds of lives of babies who had sickle cell anemia. Dr. Marilyn Hughes Gaston. And uh, I think that she, her accomplishments should be cited as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Dr. Williams, who else, when you look across the landscape here of your contemporaries or, or others, not necessarily in the field in which you practice, but who do you admire? Or who do you think that we should be talking about today? My goodness, that's a challenging question. <laughs> I, uh, while I think I'd like to defer to Dr. Anyoko to, to give her suggestions as to uh, people that we should be focusing on, and then I'll come back with mine. Okay. <laughs> I, I think there's the energy in healthcare today is so powerful, um, and the spotlight on physicians, you know, black physicians showing up and letting it be known that we have a voice and we have something to say is so incredibly powerful. I think about it in a number of different arenas, right? So I'd like to talk about, for example, Dr. Kamara Jones. Oh, yes. Dr. Kamara Jones um, is an MD and epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins, uh, she was at Johns Hopkins University and has really been so influential in getting people to understand the the principles of <laughs> what what equity and inequity look like. Uh, she has a whole series of of allegories and and storytelling that it that makes it accessible to people to understand how you know. One of my favorites is this the story of the gardener with two and different flowers, the garden, right? Yes. The garden, you know, showing how this pot had rocky soil and this pot had had healthy soil, and the gardener planted the same seeds and came up with different results. She has a series of those um, allegories and videos. You can spend all day watching them on YouTube, but it makes it accessible to people, and that's something that is so important for people to understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Um, we're not taking away, but we're, we're trying to give people a picture of what it looks like when society has structurally disadvantaged a group of people and, and all the, the things that come to, to follow that. Dr. Kamara Jones is, is one that if you have not 
seen her work, you should absolutely um, uh, look it up. To Dr. Williams' point, this is such a long list, <laughs> but I'll say one and I'll hand it back to him um, for, for his input. Well, I'd just like to extend a little bit more on Dr. Kamara Jones, uh, who was educated at Stanford and actually uh, uh, I can recall giving a lecture at Stanford uh, when she was a medical student there and having her come up to me and ask me some questions. And I said, who is this young lady who's so... Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, she has been extremely important in a space that we have uh, ignored for so long, and that is public health. She is uh, a past president of the uh, American Public Health Association, the APHA. And uh, in that role, she did a tremendous amount to advance the importance of making certain uh, that uh, public health principles were recognized. We don't do enough in this country to, to uh, recognize public health and uh, its needs. Uh, we're starting to look more at it as we consider the uh, what we call the social determinants of health now and uh, the various aspects of public health that go into all of that. But uh, Dr. Jones has been a luminary and a visionary in the public health space for a long period of time. So absolutely. I, you know, I, I think about all the words we use today, social determinants of health, population health, and in my head, it's all public health 2.0, 3.0. Yes. And I was trying to catch up with what we should have been doing all along. And absolutely, Dr. Kamara Jones has been so influential in making that clear. I would like to also cite Dr. Patrice Harris, yes. uh, who is a, the immediate past president of the American Medical Association. She's a black psychiatrist uh, who has had a, a, an amazing career in uh, doing things that uh, bring to mind, uh, to use a term, the importance of, of uh, mental health uh, in this country, uh, not only for black people, but for everybody. Uh, but uh, she has uh, been a, uh, a luminary again in that space, which has been very, very beneficial for African-Americans. When she was in her role as president of the AMA, she made sure that uh, the importance of healthcare disparities was recognized. And during her uh, time in office, she was uh, responsible for establishing a, a division within the AMA that uh, dealt with um, uh, healthcare disparities. And uh, Dr. Eubanks is the head of that division at the present time. Yeah. So it, gave, it uh, gave a commitment on the part of the AMA, the American Medical Association, which is the biggest medical organization in the world. Yeah. Uh, it, it showed uh, that uh, they were definitely committed to trying to establish health equity in the United States. And that's so important because uh, we've had so much uh, uh, simply uh, words 
uh, used and exchanged in regards to health equity. And uh, nothing material has been done in many cases. The AMA has made a commitment to move on that front. And also, I might add, in conjunction with the NMA, the National Medical Association. And so uh, they, it's important that these group works, groups work together. And Dr. Harris was responsible for a lot of that collaboration that has, has occurred. I uh, will just very briefly mention that the, uh, the American Medical Association, which was established in 1847, uh, for much of its history denied admission of blacks to its membership. And so black doctors were handicapped by not being able to be members of the AMA. And what that resulted in was that they were not able to get referrals for their patients, uh, of patients to them. They were not able to uh, be a part of medical societies in their particular localities and uh, were really pretty much shut out of medical practice. Uh, and that was one of the stimuli, stimuli for the development and origination of the, the NMA in 1895, which uh, was, as I mentioned, uh, founded in Atlanta, Georgia for the specific purpose of uh, developing an organization for black doctors to be members of and to advance the cause of health equity. So Dr. Patrice Harris is a hero who needs to be recognized. Thank you. I'd like to bring up a couple of young medical professionals before we close out. One of them is someone that was on a, one of our other podcasts here at Providence. Uh, Dr. Joel Burvell, who has, he's fresh out of med school, but already making a big difference in the field of medicine. Uh, Dr. Anyoku, I believe you know this young man. I do. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I know him insofar as I know his mother, um, but <laughs> he is impressive young man, Joel Bavel, is a Ghanaian-American medical student. He was born and raised in the USA of Ghanaian parents. Um, he, he had his undergrad at Yale University and um, went to medical school at Washington State, um, Elson Ellis Floyd um, College of Medicine at Washington State University. But why he is so impressive to me is the work that he's doing in the social media space. He's called the medical mythbuster um, because he's he's fighting health disparities through education and regularly shares topics about racial disparities, the hidden history of medicine, biases in healthcare, and you know, in if, as we think about how to communicate today, social media really is the the channel, and that's how we're getting out to society to understand what our concerns are, what the needs are. He has, his work has been noted such that he is now a participant in the White House Office of Public Engagement, Healthcare Leaders in Social Media Roundtable. It's a long title, but hey, that's saying just how important this body of work that he's doing is leading. And so I'm, I, I, I think about and he's doing, he was doing all this while he was in medical school, which absolutely blows my mind. Um, and he, I think he's definitely one to watch. 
Well, I'd like to to make a statement about somebody who was being watched, but who is deceased, okay. and that's Dr. Dr. Patricia Bath. I'd like to focus on her. Dr. Bath uh, is deceased now, but she was a an ophthalmology professor at UCLA and one of my contemporaries at that institution. Uh, she was the inventor of a number of uh, eye uh, uh, treatments, uh, especially using laser. And uh, I think she had something like 140 or so inventions that she had under patent. Uh, Dr. Bath was a revered professor at UCLA who didn't really get the kind of recognition and due that she was that she deserved uh, during her lifetime. Uh, she uh, practiced at the renowned Jules Stein Eye Institute at UCLA and uh, was never really given the full uh, status that she deserved uh, as a leader at that institution uh, and actually as the most prominent ophthalmologist on the faculty there. But uh, she is getting more recognition uh, in uh, uh, the post-mortem sense now. Uh, and uh, I think that's, that's well-deserved. I want everybody to remember Dr. Patricia Bath, though, uh, who was a giant not only in an ophthalmology, but in advancing uh, the uh, field of medicine. She was an advocate for increase in health equity and decrease in healthcare disparities. If we're at the end of the program, I'd like to make a, a statement uh, which is relevant to what we've been talking about, but a little different from exploring the biographies and histories of individuals. I think it's important for us to call attention uh, and give recognition to all of the people that we've talked about and even more. But we, not, we must understand that despite everything that they have done, there is an attempt now to diminish and, and actually devastate their gains uh, in a deliberate, I, I have to call it what it is, conspiracy yes. to bring down the advances that are attempted to being made in health equity. And there are particular, I, I refer really to a lot of things that uh, hark back to and include the defeat and uh, disappearance of, uh, or particularly to uh, the fact that uh, we have lost uh, uh, a, a number of uh, individuals, uh, including the president of Harvard University, uh, who um, was attacked by particular individuals uh, in a conspiracy. And uh, they are now boasting about the fact that they used those techniques to bring uh, such an individual down, and not only uh, her, but others uh, throughout the country. People need to be aware of the fact that despite the fact that we have individuals who are talented enough to uh, make the gains and do the accomplishments that we uh, are should be proud of, that they're doing so not under, under duress, but under attack. They're being attacked 
and we need to have some organized fashion of of uh, protecting ourselves from that. Uh, I'll name some names because I think it's important for us to recognize the fact that people like uh, billionaire Bill Ackman has uh, claimed responsibility, for instance, for bringing down uh, uh, President Claudine Gay at Harvard and uh, has uh, done a number of other things and in, in regards to that, as well as uh, several others uh, who have joined in that, that kind of cons conspiratorial activity. I would also like to mention uh, uh, Dr. Bloom, who was the associate dean at Penn Un University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, who had started an organi organization called Do No Harm, which uh, has made attempts and successful attempts to rail in on affirmative action, uh, which has uh, been very successful. He was the one who stimulated that case that was brought to the Supreme Court. And also to uh, try to defeat the advances that are being made by a number of African-American uh, academics in medicine around the country. So beware of these folks, be wary of them and make sure that you recognize that despite the fact that we've got these talented people out there who are trying to do what they can to advance health equity, there are other folks who have the opposite intention to try to defeat our efforts to make health equitable throughout this country. Thank you, Dr. Williams. And as we close out, I just wanna say thank you both so much for helping us celebrate and honor some of these men and women who've made incredible uh, differences in healthcare. Uh, so I just wanna say thank you to both of you. And thank you for allowing me the privilege of doing that. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today on Culture of Health as we celebrate a few of the many Black doctors making a difference in medicine today. To learn more about the men and women we talked about or the many people we were unable to include in today's podcast, please go to the Providence blog at blog.providence.org. We also ask you to subscribe to Culture of Health on your favorite podcast platform and to make sure to listen to all of our shows on Lit Live Radio under the Future of Health Radio. Or you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and Instagram under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our mission, programs, and services, go to Providence.org. Please note that the information provided on today's program is purely for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Thank you for listening, and at Providence, we see the life in you.